You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Well, welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we're having honest, straightforward conversations about love, life, marriage, anything and everything in between. <laughs> And since this isn't on video, you can't really tell. We're, I'm trying to send a signal to my wife. She's not picking up on the signal. I'm not picking up at all on his but, signal. I'm not sure what but, message he's sending. But. <laughs> That's kind of the way marriage goes a lot of times, right? right? Where we're talking about things, but we're also talking about other things with the body language or the facial expressions right. Right. or the different aspects. And that's what gets in our way a lot of times, I think, if you talk about marriage in general. We got a whole lot of data on each other and we don't always read each other right. Yeah, we don't use the data correctly. Well, well, maybe not correctly, but well. Yeah, and, the, and also there's a fundamental difference on the way I perceive things and the way you perceive things. And right. we think that we're right in our perception rather than, no, maybe not. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between us. And so. <laughs> got to continue to be curious. What is their perception? Well, I'm curious about the SMR Nation and what's going on in their world. And the way they can let us know, Pam, is they can call us at 214-702-9565. They can email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can jump on my.smrnation.com and join us in the conversations that are taking place there. But whichever way you choose, let us know what's up, what we can do to help Mm -hmm. you, questions that may be going on in your mind. We want your questions because last week we did a lot to try to catch up mm-hmm. on some of the stuff in the queue. And so we're a little closer to real time now. But still had some we missed, yeah. Yes, we, we still had a few <laughs> left remaining. Um, but this is what we want to try to do is help the nation uh, ramp up their, their married life, their, their sex life, mm-hmm. their bedroom, you know, all that, it, all that life is. We want it to be as best it can be. And if you like what we got going on, please spread the word. Subscribe your friends. Just go up and down the street, grab right. their phones, subscribe them to SMR Nation, and they too can heat up their life as well along with you. That's right. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is several of your questions and our answers. Uh, we've got some fun ones today that, that should be um, different perspectives. Okay. Looking and, forward to and that. Different, same kind of topics that we get a lot of times, so we can come at it from a slightly different angle. Okay. Which, anytime you can change up the angles, that's always a good thing. That's fun. And then on the extended content of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads. Um, we I stepped in it a little bit last week, apparently, with some of the audience out there in the Instagram land. On, uh, Or at least from their perception. Well, you the did. reaction that came in from a post that went on Instagram this past week on Friday mm-hmm. uh, was the quickly the... In the shortest amount of time, the most commented post. Mm-hmm. And it was because I did a, we did a retake on something I'd written before for Christians who curse sometimes in their Q&A months ago on the adding a third to the bedroom. It was a fantasy world. And that whole concept of the threesomes. And so uh, I've got some thoughts and some responses to uh, 
how that all went down in the extended today. Mm-hmm. So all that's coming up on today's show. So as we get started, here's an email that came in, Pam, that says, Hey, Corey and Pam, I'm a binge listener, and I'm so thankful for the podcast. I went through every episode, and I can't tell you how my confidence has soared just by knowing I'm not the only higher desire woman out there. I've been married to my husband for five years. We have two wonderful children. He is active duty military, and I'm a stay-at-home mom. So to get right to it, my husband has a hard time being truly intimate with me. He struggled with a porn addiction that was, was severe before we met, but eased up when we got married, although he says he still slips into it sometimes. Because of this, we've dealt with his porn-induced erectile dysfunction, which makes him the lower desire on anything sexual. He even went so far as to call me a borderline nympho because I wanted sex so often in our first year of marriage. He barely talks to me during sex, doesn't respond to my advances, and when he's gone, he refuses to do virtual sex, naughty messages, or pictures. When we do have sex, it's exciting and exhilarating. While I love that, we hardly ever have the slow, intimate, lovemaking sessions that I desperately crave. It makes me feel like an object of release rather than a woman he desires to woo and protect. Immediately after sex, he starts to make jokes or discuss what we need to do the next day. It's like he's afraid to be truly close to me, and I feel like he's pushing me away. I love him, and I want that emotional connection to be reciprocated. I've learned that I can only change myself, so should I do, what should I do differently? I've tried all I can think of, staying fit, being healthy, clean and pretty appearance, keeping things nice domestically, a hot meal when he comes home, etc., I've tried backing off and letting him make all the advances for the last four years, and I'm fed up with being a sexual doormat. Our marriage can be better, but I just don't know what moves I need to make. How do I make myself someone he would want to be intimate with? How do I begin the dialogue about this issue with him? Any help would be appreciated. Thanks for all that you do. So I'm I'm waiting for you on this one. I was you're you're looking at me for a reaction, but. Roll with what you got on this. Okay. So this is, um, again, when we when we talk about higher desire, lower desire differences, and we're talking about this in the context of a wife being the higher desire, um, some of the dynamics are still at play, the same. doesn't matter which gender is the higher desire. Right. Okay. So what she's facing, um, I'm hearing a, a couple of different things in this mm-hmm. as I'm, as I'm listening to to myself, read this email again mm-hmm. for the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, that she's a higher desire for a certain type of sex. Okay. He's higher desire for quicker, more. The, um, the, sounds like sometimes maybe just even the physical. Mm-hmm. But she that's, wants the slow, comfortable. Right. But that's also yeah. changed and impacted by him because, and I'm projecting here, but. It's it's impact what that where that impacts him on his sex life is if he's active duty military that's a testosterone filled uh, power world world yeah. if you will mm-hmm. male and female both there's a different kind of a breed of people mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. that head into the military as a career okay and I, I'm grateful for them mm-hmm. but it's that idea of Okay, if I'm in that world, there's a bravado that comes with it. And if I've got an issue or issues that have reared their head in my sex life or in any kind of a thing that could threaten that identity, that dis- that mismatch will dramatically impact you. Okay. And so in on, on one regard it makes it it makes sense to me on 
Okay, well, that would be why he could be even more reserved when it comes to wanting to go after that aspect of his life. Sure. Because it doesn't line up with everything else that, that where he spends his time and how he's wired in some ways. It's, a, it's, it's not aligning at all. And so a lot of times, us as humans and males, I'll speak for males for sure, if there's something... I may fail at or have a greater likelihood of failing at, I will not have a whole lot of energy and desire to want to go after that side of my life again, hmm. often at least. Okay. And so it's, a, it's this dilemma. And I think women have this too, but I think to speak for the male side of it, failure is one of those things you just absolutely are afraid of. Right, but that's where we grow. Right. Agreed. When I fail, I gr- I, ca- I can grow if I use it that way. Agreed. But what she's asking, you know, if we get back to what she, she's like, okay, so how do I handle my side of this equation better? Right. And so she's done all of the uh, external things in some regards of like I'm trying to create this environment of, my, of circumstances and yeah. situations to cre- to keep the likelihood as close to possible as, as I can. Right. Well, there's one that I noted was not external and it's that she's backed off so he can take the lead. Yeah. The devil's pact is one of those real struggles. Well, I guess, I don't know. Do you call that external or not? But that's totally out of her control, right? Right. How fit she stays is in her control, but backing off so that he can take the lead. Well, if she's the higher desire, Again, we you know we've said that over and over again. Can't make them all of a sudden right. take the lead, initiate. Trying to become do what you the, do. the the pseudo lower desire by just not pursuing where you are in the dynamic better right. doesn't make them the higher desire. All right, it doesn't it doesn't flip the script. That's right. just the way it goes. But what I'm hearing is, how do you keep the path for her? Of I need to regularly pursue i need to be about what i want to be about i need to go after it that if he called you a borderline nympho that's a move by him to get you to back off yeah that's just being reactive what in yeah what makes being a nympho bad in the context of marriage what makes you know being one of those this is the same thing i say to husbands that hear from their wife all you think about is sex what makes that so bad and wrong how i conduct myself matters if all I'm ever doing, if all she's ever doing is trying to jump him, right. well, okay, is that is that right. in line and good and right? The, well, the re- desire's not bad, right? The desire's not bad. Obviously, relationship is so much more than that. It's so much exactly. more than sex. It's more than that act and that um, being. But so, how does for she- you to have a desire for your spouse, right? Not necessarily a bad thing. So here's so here's where it, it gets a little uh, dicey is the word that comes to mind, just because it, 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 this will seem like it's very precarious on we're encouraging her to go right into the areas where she struggles and is afraid of most, which is I don't feel like I don't want to be uh, felt feel like a doormat with this or that I'm just an object. I mm-hmm. want something that's more intimate and tender. Right. So when sex is unfolding, how does she take some conscious steps? And I don't know how it unfolds for them. And so that's why I'm kind of framing this as a question, just kind of a global statement. Um, How does she take some steps to slow the process down? 
because if if a normal couple has x amount of minutes or so of foreplay mm-hmm. then it transitions into intercourse mm-hmm. or whatever the sexual act quote unquote is which mm-hmm. most often is intercourse mm-hmm. somebody signals that it's time to transition to that one of them does a husband or the wife they signal enough foreplay already let's get to right the main event quote unquote which all all of it's the main event in our in our thinking right so whenever that signal is sent how does she slow it down a little bit and not follow that lead yet or not lead to that yet transition it slower or even if she wants that it just doesn't have to be an immediate you know pounding i guess well, for lack of a better phrase. No, I get you. And then the other thing is as it transitions, what is it that makes it more tender, loving, romanticized sexual encounters mm-hmm. rather than just doing the deed? Mm-hmm. And so this is where you be an active participant in the way the dance is normally gone, change up your moves. And then when it's done, set an atmosphere of talk, cuddle, hang what are your signals you've usually sent that are along with okay we're done now it's time to move on so that when because he's sending several that she's picking up right he makes a joke he starts talking about whatever's next or whatever okay even some of that can be intimate if i can reframe it how so so if there's a joke that just broke the mood of what we what i was feeling and experiencing in that moment Mm mm-hmm Okay, it broke the mood, but what if we're still both laying in bed beside each other and there was a little bit of a laughter or a little bit of a, you know, and how quickly can we realize that that didn't go in line with what I want, but it didn't ruin it. I'm still here with them. Right. I'm still engaged. I'm still possibly connected and we can hang out and linger with it a little bit, or at least she can. If he gets up, because this is one of those things I've heard before and thinking about it we've probably done this too to varying degrees when sex is done and one of you actually is getting up out of the bed and the other's like i'm just going to kind of sit with this atmosphere a little bit longer well it's great when your partner's sitting alongside you but you don't have to now get in a huff and roll over and head on with your day hang out for a bit set the mood a little bit differently for yourself and soak that in and see how that impacts them as they walk away and come back by or whatever. But it's just that element of that's a different atmosphere and how she's approaching it in real time, mm-hmm. not just lodging. I really wish we could's instead. It's a, I'm going to's. And then you see if they join mm-hmm. to see if they come back to it, because sometimes we don't realize how we are complicit in the things I'm frustrated about. So I need to change my culpability in it by changing how I'm interacting to it rather than just responding or reacting to it, right? right. I need to be, respond better. Of like, right. this is, And then the last thing is every couple typically has opportunities. I, we can refer to these as kind of kitchen table conversations. Yeah. This is where we do the state of our union kind of thing. Or mm-hmm. Where are we? Mm-hmm. What's going on? What, you know, we kind of debrief or Monday morning quarterback what's going on in our life or talk about what's coming up. Sure. This is a time where you could say, you know what? I really would like to have a little more of a romanticized aspect of our sex life. I don't really know what that looks like yet, but I would like to slow it down. You know, you just kind of put it out there 
Maybe it's it's even just throwing out one thing so it doesn't feel so overwhelming to the other spouse. It's just the one thing of, I'd really love for you to just lay there with me. Yeah. Afterward. Yeah. And how can you do that? I just thought of this now. How can you do that even when there's not sex going to be happening? Sure. How can you have more of the romantic cuddle, snuggle, connecting, laying beside each other times where you're setting up an environment of that's intimacy. Mm -hmm. That's connecting on a deeper level in a different way. Mm -hmm. All of those can feed off each other and they overlap. So when I can work on one, I can help it spill over into the other. Mm -hmm. So this is a little bit of a similarity to something we talked about. I think it's within the last couple of weeks, Pam. Okay. It says, hey, Corey, quick question. My husband and I parent very differently. I am more of a natural consequence, love and build them up, focus on the relationship type of parent. He is more of a discipline, tough love, they need to learn to listen and obey type of parent. I do not agree with how he disciplines, and I'm finding it that it is affecting the way I feel about him. He had an argument with our daughter last night and then wanted to have sex later. I could not differentiate the way he handled the argument with being ready to have sex with him. I brought it up today and it didn't go well. Should I work on separating his parenting with him as my husband and a sexual partner? How do I do that? Well, that is real, right? Because that's <laughs> totally real. That goes to um, uh, how I view my spouse in in the full picture of who they are. Uh, you know, my perception of character, my perception of how things should be done, right or wrong, right. Um, this is the seeing behind the curtain that marriage provides. Right. And so when we, we, when we look at any human being, including our spouse, we don't just look at one aspect of them to determine, hey, I really want to be around that person. <laughs> it, there's a lot of things that add up. Right. And when you're dating, you don't, you're not in it typically uh, when you're, you know, if you got this is your first marriage or whatever, and you didn't already have kids, then you didn't see the parenting role beforehand when you were dating. This is a whole new thing. And this is more where family of origin comes in even more. This is, this is one of the markers where family of origin rears its head most prominently mm-hmm. is I often will relate to my children the way I was related to or the exact opposite of how I was related to which are fundamentally still the same. Mm-hmm. So chew on that for a little bit out there in the nation. Mm-hmm. But that's what we do. We'll, we'll, we'll follow the same kind of pattern or we'll go to the extreme opposite of it, which is fundamentally creating the same dynamic. Right. But it is one of those things that, yes, how I view aspects and interact with aspects of my, my partner outside of sex will impact my sex. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's nothing, I mean, that, so that's normal. Yep, it is normal. So realize that's a normal, (laughs) normal thing to go through. Um, And the crazy thing is that even, I mean, the sexual desire for me can be even affected just when there's a fight with a kid. It doesn't even matter if you and I had differing opinions on how to discipline. Right. That 
becomes a factor, but that's not even what she's asking. Well, no, that, that helps set up the scenario that it's a lot of this whole aspect of our lives, especially for the lower desires at times, can be very impactful. Other things can impact this aspect of your life easily. Yeah. Right? A bad day, a bad moment. Because you could have, I mean, uh, okay, just speaking among us all us lower desires for a moment here in the nation, right? Yeah, right. Um, you can have times where the the fan has been flamed all day long and there's this energy and there's this spark and you're kind of building towards it. You got the gymnastics that are all in line heading towards, yes, there's going to be some really good sex happening. And you've been looking forward to, to it all day, but it can't happen till that night just because of circumstances. And then something happens in the evening and it gets completely derailed for you. I've had that happen. So yes. have I. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, but it's just, it's just recognizing that's what, nor- that's what can happen in a normal aspect. Right. But then when you add a different weight to a dynamic, because parenting has a different weightiness to it. Yeah. Right? Because there's a different identity attached when it comes to how am I dealing with my cubs, right? You can have a mama bear mm-hmm. cons- syndrome. You can have a papa bear cons- syndrome. You can, there's a whole different dynamic that's at play because of the identity that we can have when it comes to these little creatures that are extensions of us and how we see it, or they are us and how we see it, or I'm responsible for them entirely in how I see it. Right. So it's just... There's so many meanings that there come up are. with this thing. This one, she's being pretty specific though of the way he's, the way he's coming down with this discipline. It sounds like, gosh, I, is it an integrity thing? Is it a, you know, when I look at my spouse differently, and maybe I just don't respect them as much because the I don't believe the way they're handling this relationship. Okay, is, um. Res- respectable. I don't know. The way it's worded makes it sound like it's not as, um, maybe it's more heated than you'd prefer. Okay. But I, I don't know. Let me, I want to, I want to come at this just from the data though. Okay. Because Good idea. she is more of a natural consequence, love and build them up, focus on the relationship type of parent. Most of that is all framed in a positive glowing. That is a better way to deal with parenting the way I'm hearing it. Okay then she's already got a dichotomy of the way she sees him as more of the discipline, tough love. They need to learn the lesson and obey, which that's got more of a heavy-handed sound to it. Yeah. Okay. Would you say out of all of these, mm-hmm. they're, all a- they're all aspects that are necessary in life because life will have a way of teaching these lessons. Right. One way or another. Right. Life will do this. Right. So one, th- one st- thought is, suspend the judgment that's attached to all of this and just see it as, okay, what's the impact of the way she sees him interacting versus the way she thinks she interacts? Because we can come at it from my way is more virtuous when in reality, is it? Hmm. Right? Because fundamentally speaking, if we're talking about rearing another self-sufficient human being that's going to go out into the world... There's a lot of a lot of theories and processes out there that which one's right. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, right. I don't know if there is a clear cut. This is the right way. It's right. more likely which one makes the most sense. 
So then you're starting to look at it as preference because then you need to add into it a fundamental question of, is it harmful to your children? Because mm. if it's not, okay, that can reframe the, the way I think about it and my perspective of it. Is it, abru- is it, a, is it abusive? Or, and I hate using that word because that's a little harsh. Mm-hmm. But is, you know, is it something that's egregious or, or is it just something just like, you know out what? Out of line. Yeah. Out of line. There you go. That's a softer one. Mm-hmm. But it's just, or is it just preference? Right. Right? Because there is, I mean. And realizing this is what I know. This is how I was raised with. Right. And if it's just preference, then we've got to reframe how we're looking at this. Well, but even, there's an element of, I'm going to be willing to bet every couple faces this dilemma to degrees. We do. Yeah, definitely. Right? On one of us will come down with something with a kid and the other's like, I don't agree. And it's an impact. It's a ding mm-hmm. to each of us. Mm-hmm. On, yeah, you know, so, but it's just, so I think what's better is asking yourself some of the bigger, bigger questions of, are your values far f- full, more in line together than maybe you're expect you're, you're perceiving? Right. Do you have, do you have some of the same goals globally for your kids as far as that that's what's helped us in a lot of ways if we have a lot of the same kind of general value that we hope and want for our children we're in line with that mm-hmm. the manner in which we're getting there there's nuances and differences right and so sometimes when there's differences in how we see interacting happening with our children if i can re- remind myself but yeah we we still largely want the same Mm-hmm. that can help us get back on path a little bit more of we're still a team mm-hmm. and it's not a me against you. Right. It's not combative. We're on the same team. It's right. not a competition. We're playing doubles in tennis together, <laughs> not against each other. Right. So we're right. On, so we each have our roles that we play. Right. But how do I differentiate that into my sex life? That's the hard work of realizing, but wait, there's more going on than just raising young ones. Right. There's a relationship between us, too. Right. So how am I continuing that aspect of this this relationship? And then the way I think we get to that aspect better is we have conversations about it, just like we did in the first segment, the kitchen table kind of conversations of, hey, this is some of the things I kind of see, and it's just different than what I experienced. And it can come, and it sometimes rubs me differently. And that's a different phrase than, you're too hard on the kids. Because that's an immediate, let me defend why I'm so hard on my kids. Right. But if it's just a, I just see it different. Yeah. Maybe I have a chance to align. Or head out and find some parenting resources and see if you want to go through them together. Go do a love and logic class. Or, or, or there's several <laughs> out there that just, you know, find something that aligns and go right. through it together. So that way you kind of hear a different Wait, we could align this way, knowing full well we won't be in a hundred percent on this. Yeah, yeah. Because even if you do those things, there's going to be some things that one or both of you say, "Yeah, I don't agree with that thing at all." Right. But it will show you places that you do align. Right. Yeah, and there may be certain scenarios that you guys are in lockstep together, and it kind of gives that connection of right. And okay. so, how does she do this? I think you just take the steps. To, to challenge how you view it in your own life and in your own perspective of it 
And then you bring that forward to him, not saying my perspective is accurate in the right way, but this is, this is my experience. And you see if he'll join you in that. Now you've got a whole different type of alignment going on. And then the nuances hopefully are less likely to derail experiences that could potentially happen and could just be bumps along the way. So before we transition to the extended content, I'm going to set the stage just so that people, because some of the people that, that saw this title of the episode uh, probably are like, but hold on, you know, so I'm going to give a little, just a teaser okay. of what this is, because this is, we all have fantasies. And I love Esther Perel's statement that fantasies largely can be and are politically incorrect. Okay. Because that's the way the way Shannon would frame this uh, prior co-host. Right. Was fantasies are the way the brain can work to heal itself. Okay. And so I think there's a lot of profoundness and meaning that goes on when we talk about our fantasy lives. Mm-hmm. But I think all too often, us Christians overreact to this aspect of it because it's it's filled with fear uncertainty anxiety and we quickly label that as sin even though it's not acted upon exactly and so what all has gone on this past week with instagram has really shown this to be true Mm -hmm. and i bet you didn't even know i mean i've told you this but i'm kind of acting like i didn't tell you this that Mm -hmm. according to one person in instagram world i'm a jerk and they feel sorry for you they do feel sorry for me not sure what we're talking about join us in the extended content but once again i'm hoping that uh with all we've covered today it's maybe a new way to think about something it's a new challenge it's a new aspect that maybe hasn't been framed in a certain way, because I'll, I'll be honest, a lot of the topics that we can choose every so often are clickbait kind of things as far as the threesome title. Come on. We, we at Sexy Marriage Radio are all for monogamous marriages that are God-honoring and the people within honoring. That's what we want to have happen. Mm-hmm. But our growth happens the most when I'm willing to be a little uncomfortable with stuff, discomfort is one of the best ways we learn to grow. Right. And if you're, if you don't believe that, go back through the archives <laughs> and, and listen to some of the things we cover because right. that's what this, there's kind of a theme all the way through it. Right. That I don't want to be afraid of the things that I'm instantly uncomfortable with. What if I can have the courage to ask myself a little bit better questions? Mm-hmm. What could this really be? What else could be going on? What is the real threat here? Those are some great questions to get into. And one of the ones you use a lot, babe, is what's this exposing in me? Mm -hmm. And if I can ask that question, I'm on the cusp of something completely different. Yeah. Doesn't mean we're going to do a lot different possibly, but it means I will be different, which in turn makes everything completely better. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone or you just can't even believe we had these conversations, let us know. Because the pushback makes us better. 214-702-9565. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Well, wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, we thank you again for taking a little bit of time to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.